Hey everybody, Sean Sewell with the Gimmit.com podcast. Really excited to have back my friend Alex the Hebrew Hammer Salkin. Alex, welcome back, my man. How are you? Well, thank you for having me back. I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Fantastic. We we're having a fun, lively chat about uh, online training just before recording here. And um, it's new to me, but Alex has been doing this off and on since 2013. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about today, but I think one of the easiest things for us to talk about is the elephant in the room and how to address it if you're a fitness professional. Like we were talking about microphones, best ways to serve. Uh, Alex has got a whole program and planning in place. He's been doing it for a very long time. I'm super new to this, but I'm not new to making video content and audio. So between the two of us, I'm hoping we can give some actionable tools that people can like immediately do like probably during the podcast, uh, what to order, how to do it, um, get some ideas, get a pen and paper and get back to work, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you're very well, um, you have a deep platform. You, you write articles that are fantastic. You have great YouTube videos. You have great Instagram videos. You have an email list. What do you think a person should start and what have you found beneficial? Well, I would say first and foremost, if you focus on becoming the best possible trainer that you can, the most knowledgeable problem solver that you can be, all the other things are going to fall in place. Um, my, my friend and yours, Pat Flynn, mm-hmm. has said uh, in the past that if you get really good at marketing, but you're really bad at what you do, people are just going to find out that you suck a lot faster. <laughs> and it's That's true good. because, yeah. you know, I think one of the issues is that uh, people have this, have this idea that, and again, you know, like we always rail against people in the fitness industry about, you know, chasing after these magic pills. Yeah. And then people are like, well, what's a way that I could, I could use Facebook to like get 30 new leads a week and, you know, stuff like that. And, um, and so like anything technological that I do is the reason that I do it well is because like, I know what I'm talking about and I stay in my lane. Like there are certain things I just don't know much about. And in, I mean, when people ask me, I, I, I just refer them to others, you know? Um, so I would be remiss if I didn't first mention that. Um, but the next thing that I would mention would be that if you want to train people um, online, you have to know who, who you're trying to train or who, who you're best suited to train. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been fortunate in that, um, you know, when I lived in Israel, I lived in Israel for four and a half years. And, I'm, you know, I wasn't really expecting this, but I got very, I got very lucky. Um, I got in with original strength very early. And so I got a great education from, you know, from the founders directly, like from the get go. Um, and, uh, like, for example, I went to the, the second ever original strength workshop when it was still called becoming bulletproof. And this was back in like November of 2012. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I read, uh, Tim Anderson's book, um, Tim and Tim Anderson and Mike McNiff's book, uh, becoming bulletproof in 2011. So, you know, all of these concepts were kind of swirling in my head. The reason I mentioned this is because uh, these were things, the reason I started uh, being very interested in this stuff was that my mom was not able to use kettlebells because she had a, a litany of injuries uh, from gymnastics and then, you know, uh, a, a variety of other things that had, had cropped up since then, like issues with her hip and with her knee. And um, up to that point, all I knew was kettlebells, you know, and then I'd gotten into calisthenics in about midway through 2011 too, but it's like, 
not going to have her do any clutch flags. You know, she's not going to be doing <laughs> one-arm push-ups. What, you know, yeah. it, it, it didn't really, it wasn't, it wasn't something that allowed me to meet her where she was. So it set me off on a quest to try to figure out what I could do to help her. Now, fast forward to me moving to Israel. And um, I originally planned to move to Tel Aviv because, you know, if you're like an American immigrant, that's where you go. It's like Tel Aviv is the place to go. Or if you're very religious, you go to Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a believer for sure. But, um, but I, was, uh, I was not planning to move to Jerusalem. But as it turned out, a colleague that I, that I made in the weirdest possible way, <laughs> uh, she convinced me to move to Jerusalem. And, I, okay, the way was basically this. Uh, uh, somebody that I knew from Facebook only, who I actually met him earlier this year in Arizona, a guy named Matt Peltz. He reached out to me about another one of his students who used to, uh, he used to train, who now lived in, who then lived in Israel in 2013, uh, but lived in the Dead Sea area. When, and I was living in Haifa, which, and that's probably like a three hour a drive, I would say. Well, maybe, I don't exactly know, but it's quite far away. So at any rate, um, well, she, this woman that Matt knew, also knew this other woman named Dara, who was a physical therapist. And so, uh, so Dara came up to Haifa, I did a kettlebell lesson with her, and uh, we kept in touch. And she convinced me to move to Jerusalem and said she would help, uh, she would send her former patients to me so that I could train them. And uh, so I was able to get this kind of niche that, uh, that very few other people really have. And I mean, there are, there are other very good trainers who use original strength. So I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is for what I do in particular, um, I was, I spent about four years working with people that other personal trainers kind of couldn't really work with safely, we'll say. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she and another, uh, uh, another physical therapist, uh, a guy named Dr. Stephen Hodes would send me uh, a lot of people because they knew that I, I could work with them where they were and I was not going to push them into the deep end. And unfortunately, you know, for a lot of people, um, they, when they jump into personal training or, or strength training in general, they end up in the deep end unbeknownst to them. Even if it's at the beginner level, it's, it's beyond where, where, they, where they should be. So mm -hmm. all of this is to say, um, you know, I've built up a certain set of skills dealing with a certain uh, group of people that have helped me to help a lot of other people and in particular with kettlebells, body weight, and original strength or, or movement training in general. And everybody else who's a, has a, who's a trainer more than likely has some sort of a niche. Now, if you're very new, maybe not. But otherwise, you've got some sort of a niche, like a group of people that, only, that you know how to help better than most other trainers. Like if, if uh, a snowboarder or a skier were to come to me and say, hey, Alex, I, uh, and I'm trying to train for X, Y, and Z, I'd be like, you need to talk to Sean Sewell. He does online coaching now, um, so he'd be the guy. Because I, I wouldn't really know what to do to, like I could teach, I could train them generally, oh, yeah. you know, like here's what you need to do generally. But, mm -hmm. but if you want to, like, if you want to aim that general training in a particular direction, you need to see somebody who'd be better at mm -hmm. them. And so, for example, I would send somebody like that to you. And uh, so people need to first have clarity on, you have to be, you have to be good. You know, if you're like, you just got your, you know, your online certification and now you're like, I'm looking for five people who are losing, looking to lose 20 pounds. Like you see this all over Facebook. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, good for them. I'm not saying don't yeah, do yeah. that, but I'm, you know, but it's just, it's become very ubiquitous. Um, but uh, you know, you have to be very clear on who you can help and who you really can't help. Um, you know, 
I, I have a wide enough set of skills now that there's a quite a, a big number of people that I can help for the most part. But there are a lot of people that I can't help. And I just tell them that outright. That's so if, you're, if, you, if, you're, if in your opinion, if, you're, uh, if, you're, um, if the people that you're looking for is just anybody, you're going to do a very bad job. You, you need to figure out who you can help the best, either from your, your previous experience. Um, it could be people looking to lose fat. Um, in my case, it could be people looking to get stronger and move better. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be people who are looking to run a marathon and they want to do it without hurting themselves. You know, like whoever you've worked with, this is kind of the thing you've got to talk most about. Uh, and the other thing that's very important is you have to be interested as well. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning if you don't really care about that and you just, you know, I, my guess is you'd find it interesting enough if you're, if you've trained people like that, but that's the thing that people need to think about first before they, you know, rush out and start an email list. Uh, or get, you know, like a, prof- I mean, f- professional Facebook page, there's very little investment that you have to yeah, do other than easy. time, you know, for that. Um, but yeah, write about what you know, and, and, uh, and stay in your lane, for sure. <laughs> that That's really good advice. Yeah. Um, like, pick your avatars, right? Like, who do you yeah. most want to help? Who do you, who can you help the best? You know, not everybody, right? And then yeah. probably like you, I always interview people to make sure it's as good for them as it is for me. Mm-hmm. So we're not wasting each other's time and then refer out. Like, again, you know, I would refer people to you for certain things. Uh, I was talking to Dave Whitley, you know, like I can't rip cards in half, but he can, he can teach you how to do that. You know, it's, he taught me. I mean, right. I bought his course and I can rip a deck of cards in half now. <laughs> that's so awesome. He actually did it on the podcast. He ripped it in half. I was like, that's incredible. He makes it look easy. Like I'm nice. clearly struggling with it, <laughs> but you know, I can do it. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Cause in, in our in our business, in our realm, there are people who specialize. We, we may share skill sets, but they definitely specialize in things. And it's so cool to be able to recognize that and appreciate it and refer. Um, so yeah, uh, that's very good advice. So a person first starting in the fitness business, figure out why you're doing it, who you're doing it for. Don't just go out there and be like, like you said, everybody, <laughs> here's a yeah, sale. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, and I think much good. People, the, the other thing too, is I think that people kind of see that mm-hmm. and they eat like, subconsciously, even if they're not, even if they don't know how to verbalize it, I think they're thinking that it looks a little desperate or suspicious. Yeah. Um, and even if you're not, I mean, you could be reeking of desperation. Like again, people tend to be able to sense it even if they can't verbalize it. Um, and suspicious, it's kind of like, you know, well, like, what do you know about this topic? Like, all sorts of people have all sorts of opinions. People are very confused when it comes to fitness, you know, and I don't blame them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, having, having a, an avatar is important. The other thing I would also add to that is that if there is a certain group of people that you find are coming to you specifically, mm-hmm. it might make sense to, to reach out to them specifically. So for example, um, at something probably like 75% of the people who, who buy my programs, uh, do my challenges and stuff like that are men. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not reaching out to them specifically, but for whatever reason, you know, like the, it's not like a 50, 50, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some very strong ladies who do my challenges and, you know, do online coaching with me and stuff like that. Um, in fact, actually I would say recently I did some, uh, a lot more consultations than normal. And I, I think probably closer to a third of them were women. So it's like, you know, like you, you never quite know 
who it's going to be best for. Like mm -hmm. some people might gravitate toward, toward certain things. Others might gravitate toward others. So as you get going and you have an idea of what you want to do, you're, you're clear on, on what it is that you offer and how you can help people mm -hmm. and whom you can help. Um, if there's a certain like subgroup of people, let's say men in their fifties or, you know, women in their forties who seem to be gravitating toward you specifically, reach out to, to them in particular uh, because you may find that what you're offering appeals to a larger group of people that you, you wouldn't have considered otherwise. That's a good point. You know, uh, when I first started out uh, 11, 12, 13 years ago, I definitely had a different picture in my mind of who I was going to help. But the people I, I wind up helping, I really enjoyed it. It was people um, of our parents' age, give or take, that were really very new to, to fitness, you know, and mm. they were very um, nervous about going into a gym setting. So for me, being like the easy goofy guy to talk to was appealing to them more yeah. than doing crazy, like, you know, pistol squats and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So know your audience, right? Exactly. And you know, well, here's the other thing too, is like, if you look at my, my Instagram, for example, is not a good representation of what I normally do with my students because, mm -hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, it's just kind of uh, like a place to show off to a certain mm -hmm. degree. Like, um, and I got started doing that actually because a few years ago I was dating a gal who was like very insistent. Like she's like, you know, I'm going to see another video on Instagram. So I was like, okay. So, I mean, I had to like come up with, with like goofy stuff yeah. and I just kind of continued to do that. And so, um, you know, the stuff that you would see on my Instagram is, is a little bit less what I would have most people do in their training and a little bit more just kind of for flash and for fun and that sort of thing. Thank you for being honest about that. I, I think, that's very important for most people to know. And, and I'm with you on that too. Um, I generally don't take most of my clients into a blizzard at 13,000 feet to swing kettlebells. Right. Right. But I do that myself cause it's fun and it's, it looks kind of cool, but you're right. And that's, I hope that people get that takeaway. Like most of what goes on behind the scenes for coaching, successful coaching is fundamentals and just really just basics, movement patterns, accountability, structure, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. Not, not crazy, crazy stuff, but although you are very capable of doing the really impressive stuff. And so I'm glad you do share that with the world. It's very entertaining and inspiring. When I see your stuff, I'm like, I really got to step it up today. All right. That's well, good. You know what, if that's, if all it does is get people to say, you know what, I got to, I, I was thinking about skipping my workout. Yeah. And I saw Alex do a triple Lindy, you know, <laughs> or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, then yeah, then I've succeeded and the oh. Instagram has done its job. Oh, exactly. You know, I see your stuff or I see Karen Smith or, you know, Brett Jones or somebody. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go for the 28 snatch instead of the 24 today. I'm going to step it up because my colleagues, my people, my mentors are doing this. Um, exactly. So yeah, it's motivational for, for at least for me and people like us, I'm sure. Heck yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, well, okay. So right now, obviously, um, as we're recording this, we're in week eight. What week are you in for stay at home in Omaha? I have no idea, dude. Like what time is, is an illusion. I don't yeah. know why we even bothered with it. <laughs> like to me, this just, I, I actually I have to be honest. So because I'm in Omaha, Nebraska, we didn't have like a straight up lockdown. We had like, like kind of some restrictions. Like, you know, I went with my mom to uh, uh, Barnes and Noble, maybe mm -hmm. last, not last weekend, maybe the weekend before. And they were like, yeah, we're on, one of only 10 that is open in the entire country. And uh, so Nebraska's, um, current thing it's like you know restaurants are closed it's like takeout only you mm -hmm. know um 
other things like that. And the, the studio that I, I train out of, I, I signed up for like a three, a three month um, uh, program through the, through the gym. And it was kind of like, we were on edge for a while because we were thinking, well, maybe they're going to give the order to everything has to close down. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, but the, the gym stayed open. It's, it's not a wow. big huge box gym. Um, but the rule was that you could only have like 10 people per room. Yep. So as it turned out, everybody is, uh, I say this half jokingly, everyone's a chicken and they decided they were going to stop working out. Mm-hmm. So I was really socially distancing by default because nobody else was going to the gym. <laughs> so it was like, you know, me and like paltry few other people. Yeah. Um, so actually for me, it n- not all that much really changed. Like I didn't realize that my day-to-day lifestyle was called quarantine because <laughs> it's like I work out of my, uh, you know, I work out of my place. You know, mm-hmm. I would go work out uh, in the morning uh, doing this, this program and, uh, you know, I'd go to the grocery store. Like I'm, mm-hmm. and I get to sleep at a reasonable hour, wake up early. So yeah, everything has basically been the same. It's just everything around us is going nuts. That's well put. And uh, I grew up in Omaha too. So I, I know the culture there. I'd love Omaha. It's a really great, just down to earth city. Um, but here in Denver, uh, middle of March, I think probably March, let's call it 13th. Um, mm. that, that Whatever that Monday was my, the law firm, I, I have a gym in closed, my gym, I train out of closed. And then of course I'm, I'm not training anybody in person. So three, my main three things I do shut down in one hour. And I was like, Whoa, all right, I get curious about this. What do we do? You know, so like, I know a lot of people um, they took that as like a downtrodden event. Okay. What, you know, what was to me? Like I was trying to think, what about all these people that I provide services for? How do I serve them? And like, yeah. how do I keep their heads up? You know, like most of them have, when I first start working with them, I was like, I say, go get a TRX and get a kettlebell or two. Just get them at home. You won't regret it. Well, they're all doing great. Cause now we've pivoted to online training and nobody's missing a beat. I mean, I'm personally loving doing the online virtual training. Now it has been so rewarding. And I think it's extra personal now too. Like I get to be, in their home or their backyard, I get to see their wife, their kids, their dogs, their cat, whatever. It's like extra personal training, right? Yeah. And then they get to see my wife and my dogs and get to, you know, it's just fun. And it's uh, also a lot of people I work with um, are a bit agoraphobic or have, have a background of anxiety, depression, stuff like that that I can relate to deeply. So we, for us getting out of like the, the loud music in a gym or the bigger social structure has actually been very beneficial. So like you said, I actually, my lifestyle when I'm not training is writing reviews and working with companies like Patagonia and stuff. And so I already work from home and I love it. So I've mm-hmm. actually kind of thrived this last eight weeks of stay at home. So yeah, I'm glad to hear from you too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of fun actually. It is kind of fun too is um, given the background of making, I don't say high quality videos, but videos, I put a lot of effort into making a, a, a good quality video, good quality audio. Uh, so compared to what I see out there, what's being offered, it, um, I don't want to say it's better, but it seems to get the message across a little more clearly. If well, are you can, talking about what you offer? Yeah. No, man, like, gas it up. Don't say it's not better. <laughs> like, uh, I think I appreciate actually that, I'm just astonished actually even just looking at you. It's like, it's so clear. It's like you're, you're right in the room. I'm like very <laughs> impressed. What is it? How, what, what kind of camera is that called? It's like well, what, look, a or whatever. Yeah, it's in 4K. I have it down to 1080 actually. So let's let's walk through the, the how anybody can do this right now. You can go on eBay and, and purchase this equipment, and how you can offer clear service for your your students. Right? Yeah. No, nobody's gonna. I learned the hard way on YouTube. Nobody's gonna stick around if the video has horrible audio. It can be the most beautiful scenery, but the audio is horrible. They will just bounce. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, audio is important. Obviously right now we're using, this is an XLR microphone going into a Scarlett two by one. This is like a hundred bucks. I think it's the same one Pat Flynn uses. I think he's his USB version going into, yeah. And then the, the Scarlett you can get off of Amazon for 120 bucks. There's that. If you're shooting content on your phone, which most of the trainers are probably doing, I'd recommend getting these guys, these little Rode um, microphones. They're wireless. So what you do, and it's night and day audio, is you have a little lavalier right here. It's built in. And then it shoots it over to this guy on top of your camera. It can be it can be an Osmo action camera. It can be a GoPro. It can be your cell phone. It can be what you see right now, which is a very entry-level camera. It's a Panasonic G7. The reason it looks like this is because it's a prime lens on it, a Leica 15 millimeter F, I think 1.7, 1.8. So it gets that bokeh. So like it's kind of buttery in the background. Like if you have an iPhone and you take the portrait mode, that's the, that kind of thing. And so I'll just show you guys what it looks like. It's kind of fun, kind of nerdy stuff here. So where is it? Where is it? There's the mirror. Come on. Come on, Ryba. Oh, come on. Where is it? There it is. Cool. So you can see there's the camera, there's the microphone, and then I have a thing going into it. It is called a capture card. Capture card, this guy right here, and it takes the, the signal from the camera and puts it into a USB cord into the computer. And then you can record a really, really high quality video. Like as, as Alex was saying, it's a very big difference. So, you know, I have to tools. say, like, I feel like I'm James Bond and you're Q and you're like, here's what you're going to be using, Bond. And Bring it I'm back like, in one piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bring it back in one piece, 007. Yeah. So nerdy stuff. But it, it does help, um, you know, with, with uh, the student's ability to, to, to view stuff and hear it. And um, it goes a long ways, you know? Yeah. And that's good to hear, actually, because, you know, I remember a couple of years ago I put out... <clears throat> um, a seven day uh, course called body weight mastery. Mm -hmm. And the audio was God awful. Like that was <laughs> one because I filmed it outside. It, I had a friend of mine who was helping me to like do the moves while I explained things. And it was like windy and it was just, it was just terrible. Um, and the then he helped me do something else later and it was in his gym and it was really echoey. Mm -hmm. So I, I agree. I mean, on the one hand, I think, you know, when I, people like to do, I, my, I have noticed that people like to start is one thing to start with the end in mind. It's a different thing to try to start at the end. So one of the reasons why, when you asked a question earlier, I said, start off by being a good coach and, you know, being very clear on what you offer, because after that, the other things uh, are going to be much more valuable. So a lot of times it's kind of like in fitness, people are like, what supplements should I take? Like, what do you <laughs> think about? Like, should I eat six times a day? And it's like, you know, maybe you should stop smoking first. And maybe, yeah. you know, you should three of your meals per day shouldn't be from a drive through you know, like those are really fundamental things that you should, you should consider first. So a lot of the, the equipment stuff, like provided, like the audio doesn't have to be like movie theater quality, No, but it, it does have to be non-crappy. Yeah. Non-crappy is a good word. Non-crappy. Yeah. Like there's, you go from like crap to suck to good, to like exceptional, you know, like exceptional if you're going out and you spend like a thousand dollars right out of the gate and you don't have a lot of income coming in because, you know, we're on lockdown at, at present mm -hmm. or, or what have you, it may not be the wisest thing. It might be smarter to just find a room in your house or your apartment where you can film things for people and, and get your point across without it becoming a, you know, without is, it becoming a real problem. Yeah, Alex, that's fantastic. And that's, it's practically free. And I mean, 
you're, you have good audio. Pat's got great audio. Uh, I think one lighting, natural lighting like we have right now is the best light out there. Right. I do have led lights and stuff like that, but use what you have, right? Mm-hmm. The sun looks fantastic, right? Audio, the microphone on the iPhone or other phones is adequate if the room is not echoey and, and boomy, right? So like mm-hmm. you said, find a room that's not echoey and, and, and noisy or the HVAC. If you've got a, well, hopefully you have an HVAC. Turn off for a moment so it's not in the background humming, right? Right. That's all free stuff. And you will be, you'll be light years ahead of most other people's content. Absolutely. I will say this. Um, I do recommend if you're going to get a microphone. I bought one uh, last year because I was, going, I was doing, um, going through Bodyweight Mastery and I was doing more new videos. I re-ramped everything. And so I got this wireless microphone. No, I'm sorry. It was not wireless. It had a wire on it. Oh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't remember exactly if that was the brand or not, but at any rate, there was a buzzing sound in every single video as though somebody had taken a, a, uh, what do you call them? A fluorescent light bulb and like yeah. put it right next to the microphone. Um, the material was still very good, but I have to redo it all, you know, because it's like, and I, it, nobody complained about it, but it annoyed the heck out of me. So, uh, yeah, if you're going to get something definitely get something that doesn't buzz. Spring yeah. for something a little more expensive. Than this. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. Uh, bad audio is so bad. The first year I had a YouTube channel, we would go up in the mountains. Um, very fortunate to work with like North Face and Patagonia and all these companies would send us stuff. We'd go out there and we'd authentically go out in blizzards and camp and wind would come in and the videos looked great, but the audio was just horrible. And I got flamed. I, I got really, really really mean comments daily for like a year before I finally was like, Oh, maybe there's something to this audio thing. Yeah. So yeah. Audio learn from our Not mistakes. Crappy. That's the, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause we're going to make mistakes and it's definitely good to learn from them. Exactly. Wow. So um, back to the Omaha. So it does not really, so for example, in Denver, you have to wear a face mask. Can't have more than 10 people anywhere. Uh, people are adhering to it very well here. Um, it's interesting too, because um, I'm in Denver and currently the, the mayor's asking not to have anybody leave more than 10 miles from your house. Now I'm a mountain man. I love the mountains. I'm in the mountains three or four days a week. I help run a very big Facebook group. I think we have 8,500 people in it right now for backcountry skiing and snowboarding, but, um, talking to nurses and doctors, um, in the area, you know, the recommendation was please don't be selfish. Please do not recreate in the mountains. Please do not come into other communities to, in, you know, hopefully not get hurt and have to go to the hospital and put their search and rescue people at risk and all these things. And so it's been weird having my, my split board hanging out, you know, for like two months now. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, little things like that, you know, uh, we're just trying to do the right thing, but you're, so in Omaha, you're able to go like out right now. Well, kind of, I mean, it, it's not like everything's open. Like a lot of things are closed for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you noticed my hair is like a mop because oh, yeah, uh, dude. I, I got the wife haircut going on. <laughs> Yours looks decent. I, my, I haven't touched mine. Like, you know, so much of like how presentable I look is a, like ties directly into my hair. And so I'm just worried about, about trying to cut it myself for fear that I will just, I'll make it infinitely worse. You know, it'll grow um, back. like there was, a, I, there was an Instagram video I saw of like a gal, she was trying to wax her eyebrows. And then I think she got a little too much on there. So she starts to pull and then she notices that the whole thing is coming up she doesn't do the whole thing but now she's stuck well i don't want to be in that situation with my hair having to try to like cut it so um i'm hoping to be able to get it cut soon i i had i think the last time that i had it cut was in like february before i went to australia 
And uh, I mean, we're already in May and I'm just like, wow, I got to do something about this. Yeah. The no, things I, are closed down. Um, but it's, it's not like, for example, like things like salons have been mm-hmm. closed, uh, restaurants. If you can go in, you cannot eat in. You can go mm-hmm. in and order and, and take it to go. Um, otherwise, it's, you know, you call in, you know, place your order and then you, and you uh, get it curbside or whatever. So a lot of things are closed down. There's really not a whole lot to do. But um, there are certain things that I, I guess are open either provisionally or, or what have you. So it's not to the same degree as other parts of the country. Gotcha. Yeah, this whole thing is fascinating. So I've gotten a chance to talk with people in different states. Uh, Matthew Flaherty, our, our strong first friend. Of course. Yep, awesome guy. Jeff Sokol, our strong first friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, we got from coast to coast, right? All in, in two days. So uh, I talked to Matt, and uh, he was hanging out in his uh, in-law's home, and he's been there. He's been there since beginning of March, you know. Now, is he in New York, though? Yeah, New York, yep. No, I know that's where he lives, but is that where his in-laws are from, too? They are in the New York area. I'm not too uh, sure okay. New York so City not... or like Long Island or what have you. Okay, that would make more sense. Because I feel like I've seen some some videos and it looks like he's in a house. And if mm-hmm. you were in like Staten Island or something like that or Long Island or whatever, then then I could see that. Otherwise, like Manhattan, no way. Like No way. <laughs> <nobody has that. laughs> yeah, he's not in the middle of the city anymore, for sure. Um, and Jeff was fun to talk with. He's such a nice guy. I had no idea he was so down to earth pleasure talking mm-hmm. with him about how he is uh handling it with his gym out there uh, yeah interesting you know picking everybody's brains and of course our, our friend pat flynn he's he's all online and yeah was he's been doing it longer than almost anybody yeah i mean i've i've paid for courses on how he does it and learn from him and benefit he's he's fantastic um when i was talking with dan john about a month ago he, he was saying he had the busiest or most prosperous month yet which makes sense. I mean, you've got yeah. a lot of content out. People want to know how to train at home. Um, so yeah, there is a lot of opportunity in this time and it kind of frustrates me and I shouldn't get off my high horse here in a second, but when I see people complain about like they're entitled, maybe they should have these things taken care of for them. I'm like, also these are opportunities for you to adjust and like, and serve. But you know, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm not super familiar with uh, Myers-Briggs, you know, personality typing or whatever. Um, and you know, I'm sure that you're going to get some email, somebody telling you that it's, ah, it's pseudoscience, whatever. But, um, but there's an uh, email marketer that I follow very closely who, uh, has talked about, sorry, there's a a, a spider crawling on my wall over there and I'm like, just want to make sure to eat it. Well, I mean, I don't have to burn this place down like in the middle of an interview, you know, that would not be, not be fun. No. Um, but uh, so one of the things he talked about is that there are certain personality types where they're very good at seeing like what, what they need to do in the future. Like, mm-hmm. right, they can live in the future and plan for it. And then there are other personality types who are like here and now only. And they, they just don't have like, like any capacity for thinking about how something will benefit them in the future. Mm-hmm. I would be willing to bet that, that, uh, people who are seeing it as something where it's like, a, like a burden as opposed to, I mean, it is a burden, but seeing sure. it as like not having the seeds of, of any sort of, uh, growth for them are probably the people who live more in the here and now. And they just have a very difficult time, um, you know, like looking at, at how things can be in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both have their advantages, both have their disadvantages. But to me, I'm, I, I don't really know what I would be on that Myers-Briggs, whatever, 
but um, but I definitely look at you know what to do in the future yeah for the purpose of like planning and getting better and what have you because you know to, to me it's just logical but it could very well be that's just how I think in general yeah no I've taken that test before too um, I think it's relevant you know there's I love taking tests and figuring things out uh, about personality and and how you operate but you're right um, and I feel I try and feel empathetic and curious about how other people are just like stuck and like, you know, I have a lot of, um, a lot of friends like that and I reach out to them and I'm, they're like, how do you, how do you even get out of bed and do anything? Like, well, get off of social media, stop watching the news so much. And then little things like make your bed, you know, walk your dog, like make a good cup of coffee, you know, little, little victories. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That confidence. I mean, the daily routine is, uh, I mean, here's the thing, like to some in to some degree, it's been upended for a lot of people where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the, like the routine kind of, I think, uh, revolves around what they have to do in order to, to get by at their job, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got to be there by eight. So that means that I have to do X, Y, and Z. So they are in a difficult predicament because it's like all of a sudden they have to try to, you know, habits take a long time to build. So mm-hmm. you, you uh, find yourself needing to completely do everything differently than, you know, than what you did before. Yeah, for sure. But I, I definitely think social media can be very toxic. Yeah. It can be used appropriately. Like in our field, I think it can be used very well for connecting to the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's the end all be all. And I definitely don't think it's like, you know, I never use it for sales, just as an example, like social media. I just don't see the point. Um, but it's a very good way to connect with a lot of people. And, uh, and that sure. can be used very, very effectively. I agree with that 100%. Like, I love your goofy stuff. Like today you had, a, you're working on having a pet squirrel. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's coming along nicely. Yeah, it looks like uh, it. Yeah, I just need to, uh, I need to lure him into my place so that I can actually have the benefits of having a, like a squirrel. Like do videos, be like, oh, that's my, you know, pet squirrel, Greg, in the back. Or just give him like a really like normal name, you know? Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been, since I moved into this new place, I've been leaving like almonds and cashews and stuff like that on my, on my porch. And I remember putting them out there for the first time. And it was like, I I would walk out there and, you know, it was all still there. It was like a week later, like they hadn't been touched. And eventually Mm -hmm. some squirrel came and saw like, oh my gosh, you know, there's food here. So, uh, I would routinely put it out there. And then, yeah, just the other day started getting bold and he came up and there was one like came up to the screen door waiting for me to bring food out there so that was the that was the video like you know i decided i got to get this on on camera yeah that's awesome oh squirrels we i I think i've noticed a little bit more wildlife um last eight weeks like they're more you know less people are out too like i did leave the house today went to the store did all the right things um but my gosh it was like almost a ghost town. And Denver's a very, very, um, well, now especially very dense, very busy yeah. city. Yeah. Denver. What's that? Denver. Denver. <laughs> Good wordplay. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Denver. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's true. I mean, Denver is like, uh, like a proper big city. You know, Omaha is like a, a small city kind of. Yeah. So when, so it, it is weird that it's kind of a ghost town here too. But on the other hand, it's also like, apart from certain areas, that are normally busy. Like it's weird to see the old market, not, you know, buzzing all the time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Denver, that would be especially strange. Yeah. I mean, traffic here, everybody complains about it It is really bad traffic. I mean, it's only going to probably get worse. So yeah, having no commute 
time. It was, it was crazy. I blows my mind. It's genius. Yeah, I'm grateful as heck for it. It's awesome. And then gasoline is super cheap, but not driving anywhere. So, <laughs> right, exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's like uh, it reminds would, me of a joke. I think I think it was in uh, Foxtrot. It was that you know that that comic strip. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oldest son is like, "Hey, Dad, do you want me to help you clean out the garage?" No, he was like, "Hey, do you want, do you want me to uh, rake the leaves?" He's like, no. He's like, "Do you want me to mow the lawn?" No. You know, do you want me to? you know, some other yard related tasks. And he's like, all right, well, don't say that I never offered. And then like, you see out the window, there's like snow all over the place. So that's, that's where the situation we're in with the, with the, uh, the gas being so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cheap. But what difference does it make? Like nobody's going anywhere. Right. Well, it's so amazing. It made me realize how much I spend on gas each month too. Like I would probably go through two, this sounds really bad, uh, two tanks of gas a week. Cause I'm going up to the mountains. That's a hundred miles each way. And uh, oh, wow, you know, yeah. yeah, it's so I, my uh, forerunner, I love that thing. It's a lease and I'm like 20,000 miles over the mileage already. <laughs> yeah. But isn't everybody, that's the thing is like you lease a car and like, uh, like they give you such low mileage that they expect you to drive or that oh, yeah. you know, that's approved on the lease. Well, I haven't had an issue with that. In fact, um, I, I like leasing cause one, uh, the truck is always, always fully operational. It's got warranty. Also, I've got a really good guy at my dealership and he's a big fan of engearment. So he's a, he, he's a mountain biker. So he's always like, give me the, a really good hookup. And I was like thousands and thousands and thousands of miles over in the last lease. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. It's all good. I'm like I got scratches all over this thing and all these things. Like, ah, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Nice. Yeah. Really, I need to hook up like that. I've got a, I've got a car that whenever it has, whenever it has mechanical issues, they're expensive. It's not anything that's like, uh, you know, it's a, we'll put it this way. It's a, it's a German car. Oh so, yes. I've had BMWs and A4s or Audis there. Yeah. It's an A6. So oh, nice. Yeah. So it's yeah. got, uh, I mean, it runs great. I, mm-hmm. uh, for example, I remember driving back to uh, Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, driving back to Nebraska from Pennsylvania. Like uh, I did it in first day was like nine hours. Second day was like 11 hours and uh, it just only stopped for gas. And that was it. And it just ran the whole time, like a tank, wow, you know, yeah. so it, it very reliable in that regard. But again, when there's like a slight electrical issue, it's like, you know, you need like a degree to figure out what it is. So. <laughs> it's true. I, 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 I really enjoyed, I had two different A4s. One was a turbo and it was slammed. I had it chipped. Uh, it, it was built like a tank too. Like it would handle blizzards. The Quattro was legit, you know, it's a stick. Um, but yeah, when something would go wrong, you're like, all right. <laughs> You're you SOL. Yeah, get a second mortgage here. Correct. Oh yeah. God, yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's exactly like that. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> good German engineering though. I like a tank. Certainly, um, yeah. Oh, how fun! Well, um, so what are you working on currently? I know you always have something you're working on. Um, your content, like you said, is just vast and deep and very, very well made. What do you? What are you cooking up right now? Well, I've got a couple of things cooking up. I'm I'm very excited because I'm uh, I'm working with a friend and colleague of mine in England on a program that is uh, we think is going to be pretty revolutionary because as far as we know, it may well be the first time that anybody's put together a program like this. It is based on the conjugate system of periodization. Now, conjugate. He says conjugate. I'm used to saying conjugate. I, I don't know. You know, it's an English accent versus American accent, I think. But so I'll say conjugate. But um, 
conjugate training is what has made West Side Barbell famous. So Louis Simmons is really the, ones who, the one who pioneered it. And the idea behind it is that um, there are really three major ways to get stronger. One is to lift a heavier weight. One is to lift a given weight faster. And then the other is to build muscle in a hypertrophy method, right? So conjugate puts together all three of these in one program, whereas typically you would have a program that would focus on like one thing at a time. And that's not to say that those programs are bad because they work very well. Um, conjugate just works like extremely well. And that's one of the things that's made Westside so, you know, so renowned is they're, they're very, um, uh, the very innovative training approach. And so just as an example, you would have like a, like a, a max effort day, let's say in, uh, you know, like military press, right? And then you'd also have like a dynamic day where you're doing lighter presses, but you're working on doing very fast, right? Yep. And, um, but on each of those days, whether it's the, the max effort day or the dynamic day, when you're finished, you do some assistance work that is more in the hypertrophy rep ranges. So like eight to 12 reps, things like that. Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's centered around kettlebell and body weight training uh, as opposed to barbells because that's typically the approach barbells dumbbells and things like that um and uh you know and i've seen the the results that he's gotten and it's been incredible he's a big barbell guy but he also really loves kettlebells and uh we we talk like uh, he, i talk with this guy probably more than anybody else uh this guy named adam armstrong um and uh yeah he and i have like great conversations on strength training. I, I've learned a lot from him in no small part. Also him kind of calling out the BS that you see in, in, uh, uh, that I would say that passes even in, in like the more respectable circles, you know, um, yeah, he's very sharp eye for training, very sharp eye for, for good programming. And he's a guy who's really lived it because he's been, um, he has been in, in positions where he's trained hard, plateaued, couldn't get past it. And then he, he changed the principles that he was training by, you know, all of which are really very, uh, uh, very easily fit into what we do with like strong first, for example, because, mm -hmm. you know, the focus is on strength, proper technique, you know, like really honing in on the basics as well. Um, but it's a, it's a type of programming that, again, you don't really see so much outside of the barbell world. And, and even in that, it's primarily just in the West Side method. Um, so that is something I'm looking forward to. And that is going to be released uh, hopefully very soon. We've just got to get a uh, final couple things set up on it and, and we'll basically be ready to go because the program has been written out. We just got to shoot some videos for it and, uh, and what have you. So that is one thing. That is a big thing. I'm, that's the biggest thing, the thing I'm, I'm most excited about. I'm excited for you. I can't wait to see this. this is, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be pretty legit. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Uh, I don't know why my camera's acting funny, but I'm still here, I promise you. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, good. That's, well, I can uh, see me. now. you can't. Hang on a second. Uh, there you are. You're, you're, you're back. Okay, so for the people who are listening, I'm using my, my uh, cell phone as my webcam, and right after that little snafu right there, uh, it says, are you enjoying... And I'm not going to give them the free, you know, advertising, mm -hmm. but are you enjoying such and such, you know, camp right after it's screwed up. So I'm just going to say not now and be very polite to them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm on lag, at least on my screen, it looks like I'm lagging a little bit. Your audio is fantastic. The, there is a little bit of lag. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, but uh, yeah, so going back to um, 
to what we were, we were talking about earlier, that's the biggest thing, the project mm-hmm. that has been in the works for the longest that I'm, I'm most excited about. Um, and then uh, I've got another couple of things. I've got a uh, Snatch program coming out that oh, is cool. going to be focused on um, improving your Snatch, but without like killing yourself with loads and loads of Snatches. I would be excited to see it because you're actually, you have a very good article on Strong First about uh, breathing techniques. It's been very helpful for a lot of people, myself included, the double breath. That's awesome stuff. Um, yeah, I'd be excited to see that too. Looking yeah, good. good. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's one that I've had in mind to do for a while because um, the article, you know, and some of what you read in the article is going to be, is going to appear in the program, mm-hmm. but it, it's about maybe like 20, 25% of it. There's going to be like a bunch of other stuff uh, included in this program. Uh, the idea behind it will be very simple, very, you know, to the point. Um, and it will be something too that you can fit into uh, whatever your current routine is. So it's not going to be 30 minute workouts. It's going to be between five and 10 minutes. Um, just stuff that's really going to help you become more explosive, uh, improve your timing, and uh, really be able to dominate the snatch without, again, without crushing yourself. Because the issue with snatches is they just fatigue everything. You know, yeah. whereas swings for just as an example, uh, tend not to like you can do them. That's why, you know, simple and sinister, for example, mm-hmm. you can do swings every day and not really be too much worse for the wear. But mm-hmm. if you were to do the same number of snatches every day, you'd be like exhausted. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think it's a pretty common mistake that people make because um, whenever I train, I've trained a few people for uh, kettlebell certifications. I had one gal that I trained last year who she was uh, recertifying her level two, but you know, she works as a, as a house cleaner. And so her, you know, kettlebell things like a passion on the side. Mm -hmm. So she can't, she really couldn't do a whole ton of pressing, a lot of snatching because it would hurt her shoulders. So Mm -hmm. like I helped her program things in a way that, Oh, here we go again. Uh, For the people who are listening on like (laughs) iTunes or whatever, Mm -hmm. don't buy Epoch cam HD. It is a Epoch sham. (laughs) Anyway. um, That's good. You are so, a good copywriter. Yeah. Hilarious. I, thank you very much. So, uh, but yeah, at any rate, um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, and, and she mentioned this too, is that like, you know, she'd had a trainer, very well-meaning, but gave her a snatch program that just like crushed her, injured yeah. her. Um, and, uh, you know, and again, it, the guy wasn't, wasn't trying to do this. It, mm-hmm. it just ended up being like not right for her specifically. And I think that's a nice way of saying it. A lot more like a lot of trainees than mm-hmm. most people would think. So yeah. um yeah at any rate. Um so I've got that coming out. I'm excited about that. I've got the kind of the uh the outline of it. I just mm-hmm. need to, you know, write it out into the in the program and do the videos and what have you. And I've always got a few other extra things up my sleeve. Oh that's so awesome. I look forward to both of those. And I'm not like blowing smoke up anybody's rear. Uh, his, Alex's content's very helpful and it's definitely worth checking out. And he does it with a nice sense of humor in an approachable way. So we'll definitely look forward to that. And I got some really cool graphics of his face now, his uh, USB oh. thing clocked out. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. He's back. Um, yes, I, I'm looking forward to actually being able to get a webcam again. You know, the previous uh, interview we did, I, I had one, uh, yeah. but I had, I had to borrow it from my parents, which mm-hmm. is like kind of, sad i just I never really had much of a use for it because when i would do podcasts before i i had i think yours was the first one that i did or no maybe the second one i did where i had to actually have a webcam 
Yeah. And, uh, that, was a, that was fun. That's actually my first time, I think, or my second time doing a video as well. And I, I spent like a day on editing. So I was putting in like graphics and stuff and like making it relevant in case people like watched on YouTube, which they yeah. did. Um, so yeah, it's been a fun format. And you know, the whole reason like this setup is even set up on my end is because a lot of people like yourself could not get webcams. I mean, like they were like 40 bucks. So there was something like for 25 bucks. I had two in my cart and on you know Amazon. And then this whole thing happens where stay at home. Then people need it for work, for Zoom meetings. Well, you know, everybody's using them, which is fantastic. So if you are listening to this or watching this and you cannot get a webcam, the setup I showed you about half an hour ago with the HDMI, HDMI USB capture card is a good solution. It's about 90 bucks. And then you get this kind of quality. If you have a mirrorless or DSLR or full image sensor camera with HDMI or HDMI mini port out. So it's a solution, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm working on with another colleague is getting multiple cameras set up in different locations. So when we do say a live class or a live training session, we can, you know, toggle through the camera view angles and they're already set up. So just another something to work on. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I, I think it's also easier to keep people's attention like that, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I, that's one thing I've, I've noticed on my, when I create stuff. If I just look at the camera the whole time, it's, it's only good for X amount of time, right? People like to seven see the second. Yeah, probably seven seconds. I'll write that down. I like that. I was thinking um, four. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I, I only mentioned seven seconds because I am told, I don't know if this is true mm -hmm. or not, that um, if you watch a movie, they switch nowadays in Hollywood, they switch scenes at least every seven seconds, maybe yeah. less, but it doesn't go any longer, which I think is crazy because I think it's like, it, it's just, uh, I, I, th I think the theory is that the people don't have the attention span for it. I don't know if that's true, um, but that's, that's what I've heard. Or, but if you watch like Joe Rogan experience, mm -hmm. uh, if you ever see like on YouTube, like, I, I watched it and it's like, you might have somebody talking, like I watched the one with Pavel, for example. It was, great. it was a great episode. It was incredible. I mean, mm -hmm. I stopped everything I was doing so that I could watch that episode. Yeah. It was just so engaging. I love like, when you, know, you Pavel will talk, Pavel will talk like five minutes, you know? Yeah. And then and, he got up and made some, uh, some tea. Some tea. <laughs> I was like, yeah. like on, on his show, he's like, hold on. And he went and made some tea. Oh, Joe, I'll get back to your <laughs> question in just a moment. I'm going to make some tea. I have uh, this, uh, Pavel sample I can play later actually. But, um, yeah, you're right. I think um, aside from like Quentin Tarantino movies, I don't think people like go to movie expecting to see a long scene, yeah. which is why things like Pulp Fiction and you know all of his work is amazing because the scenes are so long and they just follow along. It's very captivating. Am I absolutely? But, well, Alex, I know you got a lot going on over there. You've given me over an hour of your time, which I always appreciate. It's always pleasure. a pleasure to chat with you, man. And um, how can people best find out more about you? Well, I would say um, the, e if the easiest way would be for sure the channel through which I am most active, which would be my, uh, my email, my daily email list. So mm -hmm. uh, I send out emails every day on wide variety. Well, not really a wide variety of topics. It's, it's generally strength, movement, you know, calisthenics, uh, kettlebell training, and I have an eight-week kettlebell and bodyweight program that you get when you sign up for the list. Uh, nice. So if you're interested, you can do that. Otherwise, of course, I have, uh, there's also alexsalkin.com. Uh, I have a lot of old uh, archived uh, articles and things of that nature that you can check out there. 
Um, for the most up-to-date stuff, the email list is, again, the thing that I'm most, uh, most consistent with. Um, but I, I'm also on Facebook. If you like to see stupid human tricks, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they're entertaining and, and I have sure. a podcast as we talked about earlier too. Oh yeah. See, this is embarrassing. I didn't know you had a podcast when you're, when you hopped on the first time on mine and I went back and I think I listened to almost every episode of yours and I'm like, Oh my gosh, these are like my, my mentors and probably your mentors. And like Dave Whitley's on there. I, uh, Luca, like it, they're great conversations. I think Absolutely. everybody listening to this should be listening to that too. To your show. I appreciate that. I, yeah, I, I um, I always try to get interesting people on. I, you know, the thing with the podcast too is that for a while I kind of wasn't very consistent with it. Um, the past five days or so, I've been putting up a new podcast every day. Wow. So uh, if anybody's interested, um, and they're they're pretty short, it's like ten to twenty minutes. Um, but that's always an option too. So wow. Well, you got a lot of ways to uh, help people out there. It's cool stuff. And I'll have links to all that in my my notes for the show as well. Well, Alex. Thank you very much for your time and thanks for your entertaining graphics on the screen. Yes, you're very welcome. I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing what you do with it on YouTube. Like uh, I, I can only imagine on your end, there's got to be something pixelated and horrifying looking. Like you, you have my permission to just use that as my face if you need to. You got it. I will, I will uh, put it up as it is naturally because it, 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 it looks good. It's entertaining. Um, here's, I'll, I'll let you a little secret. Last week I was doing a, I did three podcasts back, back to back. And um, a company has sent me a bottle of vodka, which I enjoy vodka. And, um, and, you know, in my overproductive creative nature, I didn't eat lunch or dinner. And I opened mm. the bottle of vodka. My Why episode, should you when you have vegetables in a, in a bottle? Right. right? I mean, yeah. It actually was a sugar cane, grapes, and, and grain. So three. Oh, God. Like so it's was, like the sugar just helps shuttle the alcohol to your veins. <laughs> faster. That's like light speed drunk. Like, oh, it was. And uh, I was talking with another strong first friend of ours, Ryan Humphreys, who's uh, SFL and SFG. Um, he's just a great guy. And he has an alter ego, which is a whole other topic, uh, called Rad Max. And then he got into Rad Max character and we're eating like uh, oysters and sardines and we're both like, I think blackout drunk. Because he went to go to his trailer to put chicken in there and forgot it for two days. And it's all on the show. But I'm not putting that oh one up gosh. yet. That's like that's like blackmail for both of us. But um, yeah, eat lunch before Actually, you drink. That's not a bad idea. You know, I have uh, my my podcast is called the Hammercast. I we could totally do an episode called the Hammered Cast. I will jump we, on the Hammered Cast. <laughs> yeah, we would just get drunk and then start talking about more and more stuff. That might <laughs> be entertaining. entertaining. It, yeah, I find it very entertaining. I didn't know I I could eat three cans of sardines in a row mm-hmm. on a show, but I did. I had perfect faith that you could do that. I didn't I think much about could. it, but I believed in you. <laughs> well, you also have a background in being able to eat an uh, extraordinary amount of food too. So That is true. Yeah. That is very true. Oh, well, that's always entertaining. We'll have to do this again. Um, and let me know when you wanted to do the, the hammered cast. Certainly. You know, I, uh, I'm more of a, a wine or a whiskey kind of guy. I feel like now that day drinking is not as taboo as it once was, we could <laughs> probably so do it at this hour. Yeah. I, thing, like I, if I drink too close to going to bed, it, it really screws up my sleep. Yeah. We actually talked about that, about heart rate variability, day drinking and uh, sleep disruption and stuff. So that's why we drink early. And so, yeah, that's his opinion on it too. Well, wonderful. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out the engagement.com podcast. As always, I am honored to, to serve you and bring on great guests like Alex, the Hebrew hammer, Sulkin. And until next time, take care. Uh-huh.